Welcome, 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 welcome to the comic. The Comic Zone presents Dragon These Balls. My name's Vince. I'm joined by my good buddy Mike, my wife Chelsea, and a special guest today, my brother-in-law, Scott. What's up? We are still doing Steins Gate. We're reading Steiner 1 through 9er, and we're going to jump right into this shit. So this is episode two of the podcast, and the first episode we went through episodes one through four of the show. Yeah, and I didn't make it very far, So, but I think there's a lot to talk about in Just what in, I did Yeah, get. I was going to say in the next three episodes I mean, you got I think, through. I think so rushing through this shit will be a bad anyway, because like there is so much that happens throughout even like an episode, mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, the first, the first ones... I was like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Right. I, I really, but we did the show and then we talked about it last week and it made me more interested and we kind of worked out what was happening like on the show and it gave me a new. We under- were able to, yeah, to better explain it to you. I think also without giving away what happens, we could at least try to, you know, kind of, um, smooth out the wrinkles that you know weren't really making any sense for you well i mean it, i don't know it, it's not that it wasn't making sense it was just i needed to work it out well what they was they happening because it, it is so they throw you right into the middle yeah, of it you know they, you don't really get it's not a slow burn they're just like bam here you go <laughs> you know redheaded chick is dead and he's jumped timelines and you're like well what the fuck you know <laughs> yeah well, and then they did a pretty good job of explaining what happened there well at least as far as he understands it to this point right in the show so they did where i'm at is they were going to do the email experiment send an email back in time um and he was going to send himself the winning lottery numbers and see if they could alter the timeline and make it so they won right it turns out time just kind of corrects itself or is that that's what i gathered was that it kind of corrects itself and finds a timeline that's more in line with what you did so i'll explain that um so it they they talk about it a little bit in the show but there's what's called attractor fields which is basically groups of world lines right so you've got the alpha world line and you'll have the beta world line right and they'll talk about that and so Basically, even though they are switching timelines, they're typically still in the same um, alpha or beta world line. So because of that, a lot of the fixed points or the most important points on that timeline will happen in every world line. Yeah, it has to happen. So that's why they're always still friends, Well, that's, even if certain things have changed. And you get that yeah. in other kind of stories, too, or things about time, is there are constants throughout time mm-hmm. and it's like uh the doctor strange shit was a good example on what if is like no matter what he did to try to save his lady she always died in some way or another right, right. she was that fixed point that yep. he was not allowed to change that's one of them things that had to happen and can you explain that at all is like why is that um like why is that insofar as like the viewpoint of the universe like well i mean just like, why do you have to have those cons- constants? 
Um, probably in a way it would be, um, it's a way of time itself kind of being like a river where it's all going in the same direction and yeah, there may be a lot of little different eddies and different currents and stuff like that, but it's all going in the same general direction. And if you didn't have any degree of fixed point, uh, you'd have just time going in every direction, right? Everything that could happen would ha So, I mean, you'd have one world with the Big Bang one and one world without the Big Bang or one world with maybe a different mechanism or what have you. You know what I mean? Like, it would just all be so random and chaotic. So this, I guess, that view of time having immutable points makes sense if you want time to kind of flow in a direction. Okay, is that just because that's how we have to think about it? Like to make it make sense in our human brains, or is that? Do you think that is like actually how it is? I would say that's probably the easier thing to write. Yeah, I think so too. No, I don't I mean, think. But this isn't based on just like this is based on actual like theory, though, right? This show. Uh, yes and no. I mean, it's definitely uh, it is using certain ideas like circular black holes and stuff like that. Like it is using some real phenomena in physics, but at the same time, there's just a lot about time we still do well, not yeah, know. Um, I will say, in terms of philosophy, one of the more interesting philosophers about time would be Immanuel Kant because he talks about how time and space are two preconditions that our minds automatically have to presuppose in order to even think because every thought we have is either temporally bound or spatially bound, right? So you being over there right now, my mind is both getting a temporal element so I'm and a like, spatial. Right. So everything around you is your catalyst or like, what? Well, like you're triggered to actually think. Well, in a and way, we, we talked about that in the episode we did um, on the main show about time travel and whatnot, and like, yeah, it was kind of the same deal. We were talking about the same thing. Right. Yeah. And. But anyway, keep going. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, um, yeah, that uh, our minds are, are hard, literally hardwired to where um, um, time is a you know, like a necessary component of our So It's a necessary construct for us so that we have you, to have. So yeah. if you somehow existed in a void um, and there was nothing around you and there was nothing there but you, you would have no reason to even be conscious, right? Or have any way to know that you're conscious because you have nothing to bounce it off of. In a way, yeah. I mean, um, certainly uh, if you're an empiricist where you believe that all our ideas are garnered through experience, sensory experience, then yeah, absolutely. You're not going to really have anything to go off of. But Kant would argue that these, uh, con uh, these um, uh, con what he would call concepts and um, were something that were uh, fun, uh, fundamentally prior to any interaction with the world, that you have to have the concept of time and space before you could even begin to interact with the world. You don't get the concept. So we're like innate, innately, like it's like it's born right. to us, that concept of time. Like the minute you are you know, created, born, whatever, exactly. you already have that hardwired. You don't learn it. Yeah. Okay. Well, right, because we're, I mean, we're made to exist in the space that we do. And well, and even think about it, babies technically run on a schedule. You know, if you think about it, they go like a couple hours of sleeping and then, you know, 
they get hungry and you know then they sleep and so even babies have a weird i think almost concept of time in and of itself you know what i mean like they're well, yeah, on they, their they're own they're on their own little schedule yeah their own little like schedule yeah i mean we even have your, internal even your ones dog, even your dog or my cat or like it's not just humans like anything that exists here that's what evolution is though right where we've evolved to exist in this solar cycle and like a perceived time in the way that we do well yeah i mean look at bears how they go hibernate they know that it's time right it's getting cold they gotta you know stock up on food and everything else and then they know when it's time to wake up same with nocturnal animals they know birds when they migrate but yeah yeah. exactly it's like an innate just second but even our measurement of time like you think about it we measure time by when it's light or when it's dark or when the seasons change like it's True. always it's also based on like uh what we perceive around us it's not just like a internal clock and ironically and then, we just had daylight savings <laughs> right well that's yeah. like some Horse there's some shit. that argue with that, that that's pretty useless thing True it that's is. true Yep it's cockamamie It doesn't yeah it doesn't um why did they start that wasn't it like farmers? Yeah, yeah. it's pretty much for farmers and I think partially for the railroad. Yeah. And uh industry. But it's it's all for reasons that we don't like like you don't need to do that anymore. Nope. Nope. Pretty it's much. Pe- humans are weird like that. Is like you just fall into just like nonsensical fucking conventions. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Like saying bless you. You know what I mean? We know that you're not going to die in a week because you sneezed. Like the <laughs> demons are in your, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we know that now. And that's why I think that's why they started saying that is like when you sneezed. I haven't looked into that, but it's it wouldn't like surprise me. Some fucking crazy shit like that. People and then they, used to say it because they Then they throw they thought, leeches on you to, or whatever. Yeah, people used to say bless you because they were afraid that you were like losing all of your blessings as you were sick and like sneezing in the mouse they'd say god bless you because right. they didn't want you to lose that like weird yeah but we know better now and yet people still do it but i think it's more of a courtesy thing now it like evolved i into... think so too yeah like you know, yeah yeah you know what the uh, medieval method of mental health care was has anyone ever heard of treffening no so if you had so their view was you had evil spirits trapped in your head and so they would take a drill and drill a hole into your head to let the spirits out and you'll find skulls ancient lobotomies oh yeah, yeah. like a well like that's super ancient ones yeah that's what i'm saying like in egypt and shit right yeah. uh trephining was even in the medieval period so we're talking 15th we're doing century brain yeah. surgery yeah I, I doubt i doubt the egyptians were thinking there was demons in there like they were probably actually. No, doing they just scrambled your brain, you know, to get all your innards out. You know, they just shoved well, no, that I'm hot poker up your nose. They would, they would do the same thing. You can find shit where there's evidence of like brain surgery. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, yeah. But yeah, definitely in like the 1800s and or whenever the fuck it was, yeah. 1600s or whenever. When they were fucking, you know, bring out your dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> fucking burning yeah. sage. They're definitely bells. on demons. It's a witch. <laughs> yeah, it's a Burn demon the sandwich. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what a treffin skull looked like. Yep. Yeah, I've seen those. That looks fucking painful. Yep. Yeah. It would have been. Well, yeah, they had no anesthesia yeah, or anything. That just, they'd just sucked. be like, here, bite this chunk of wood. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Here's Fuck a nice that. piece of leather for you. Yeah. Bite the pillow, we're going in dry. 
Pretty Bite much. the pillow. We're going in dry. Dry. <laughs> Raw dog. <laughs> so you but said anyways. you had some. Uh, because in this show, mm-hmm. there is a lot of like, th- um, they pull a lot from at like actual events. Yep. Um, and we talked a little bit about like the IBM. We did, but yeah. it's like IBN in this. They had to change it. And we talked <laughs> yeah. about CERN, that's, but that's there normal. was even more um, that Scott told me than even I realized. So. Okay, so what's some of the things that you've noticed up to this point? Okay, so uh, John Teeter was a real uh, internet hoax, and um, who needed an IBM fifty one hundred showed up in the year two thousand. All of that, right? So all of that foundation was laid in real life. Um, but what was interesting about it was. <coughs> so in the show, they mentioned this, that they need the IBM 5100 because it is capable of reading a proprietary code, right? That's what they say, right? Well, not at the time of the year 2000, the only people who would have known this feature of the IBM 5100 would have either been IBM engineers or a time traveler because they, found, they have found out that through emulation, it had the ability to read IBM's 1960s era server code. And so it could read uh, and write code for their servers, like the big reel-to-reel servers they had in the 60s. -hmm. But it never advertised that feature at all when the uh, IBM 5100 was being made. And it does it through emulation. So it's not, it's like to even to access it apparently took years to figure out and was a uh, a tricky thing. So because of that... Uh, it's rumored that whoever created the John Teeter myth was a uh, IBM engineer from the time, or was a legitimate time traveler. Who knows? Oh, that is kind of kooky, though, to think like. Yeah, at the time of 2000, no one would have known that feature existed who was outside of that sphere, except somebody that designed it. Yeah, huh. or someone from the future. Traveler. Yeah, right. or a time traveler, <laughs> or somebody that just really dug into the dug into that ver- that computer you know what i mean somebody could get into that code and eventually find that out if they knew what they were doing yeah i mean the pre- the biggest um thing that would be that would prevent people from doing that is the expense it was a damned expensive machine when it came out and it is extremely rare and expensive today Okay. Yeah, and I think they make note of that in the show, too. They're like, yeah, good luck trying to find one Yeah, of these. like so trying to actually track one, one down. One that works or anything. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. So a functional IBN, as we yeah. call it in the show. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I it, I don't know, obviously, if CERN uses um, IBN's server code to <laughs> encode everything. But at the same time, a lot of these old coding languages are not being used anymore. A lot of viruses... So it'd be like a smart thing to do. In a way, yeah. Well, um, a lot of our missile silos are not uh, are not connected to the <laughs> internet, and they still use uh, floppy disks for launching the uh, for launching missiles. If you're going to launch a nuclear missile, they still use floppy disks. Well, Because there's no network to be corrupted. It can't be hacked into through the internet yep. or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. Yep. 
So, so yeah, it's smart to use something if you want something really secure. Yeah, use something that nobody's using. Well, and um, granted, the IBM 5100 came out in the mid-70s, but even if you look at the 80s, so I don't know Commodore 64, right? It has a floppy disk drive, but every company at that time encoded their floppy disk drives differently, so you couldn't use an Apple floppy disk on a Commodore or a Tandy floppy disk on a Commodore. Right? Every company right. had their own special shit. And so because of that, uh, it was, you know, if you were trying to, um, so yeah, I mean, if you're trying to hack an older system today, getting access to, to that, yeah, getting access to the source code. you got to be at the machine. Yeah. Like right. You have to be right in front of it or you're not getting in. Yeah, exactly. So could CERN, if they were doing that kind of research, would they use that? It makes sense. Uh, well, like you said, I mean, it does... Like it's, like you said, with launching nuclear missiles and whatever, they're using that old technology, it's good enough to launch a missile. Like you don't have to upgrade that necessarily. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's bit like, concerning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna mute his mic. The fairies over uh, here mutely. shaking his head. I'm muting his mic. Probably should. Certainly. Certain. <laughs> that one's a little stretch. <laughs> that one was a little, little stretch. Certain. Are you certain? <laughs> <laughs> Are you certainly right well, now? Certainly, you can't be serious. Can we ascertain where you came up with this? Oh, certain. So, have you looked up any like, like pictures or anything of that collider? Mm-hmm. Have you like yeah. that thing yeah. is fucking crazy? Yeah, yeah, it's massive. Beautiful work of engineering, dude. It really well, is. and it's literally a world, like a hum- a human effort. Yeah, like it, it like the contributions from all over to make that happen is literally a planet wide effort. To well, make make that a reality and like that's really great. Well, and they make such a big deal out of it too, even on shows like the Big Bang Theory and stuff, and even like the opportunities to be able to go visit it and see it. You know, like it w- is an incredible well, thing. Well, something like that is like so important because it helps us understand physics and the workings of the universe in such a deeper way by just crashing two particles together. And seeing what happens, yep. you know? And that's huge. And just, like, to make that happen, what a fucking... And who well, knows? I mean, a wh- huge effort, too. Like it they, is. The oh, yeah, I looked up. Hold up. Hold up. Like, the employees have to douse the whole entire ring in... Um, oh, shit. Hydrogen... Uh, no. What is it? Fuck. Like liquid nitrogen? Liquid nitrogen. Like, yeah, they have to coat the whole thing in liquid nitrogen and get it to... Isn't it magnets? Electric magnetic coils, yeah. Yeah, and they have to chill it to like a ridiculous temperature because when they do run the test, it gets so fucking hot. And they have created little black holes, haven't they? They've never detected them. So it's theorized that they could be making them, but to my knowledge, they've never detected it. Yeah, I mean, they would okay. be microscopic to the point where you wouldn't be able to see it. They, I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm honestly, like, the show does make me super curious because I, you know, it's all oh, conspiracy thin, tinfoil hats, but I totally believe that they could be fucking around with time travel and different, like, that they wouldn't tell us about, you know what I mean? They only tell us what they want us to know. Well, here's a question, Scott. Mm-hmm. Just so, what do you think? 
Um, do you think that doing experiments like that, like looking basically the coding of the universe, like when you're colliding particles, looking at shit at that level, when you fuck with like space like that, do you think it affects time and it does create alternate timelines when you do an experiment like that? Do you think it's pot like it could? Well, see, that's the thing that's tough. So, because of Einstein's special and general theories of relativity, we know right. that space and time are inextricably linked to one another. And so, if you were creating new timelines, conceivably, you'd be creating new dimensions of space along with it, right? But are you creating new timelines or just, like you said, sticking on a set? Like, because you're just jumping from pre-existing ones that line more up with what you did, right? Is in essence, yeah. Like so I you're said, not creating a new timeline. You're just jumping to a one that lines up with shit and makes it work so you don't have paradox. Yeah, well, and that's the thing about Steinsgate I do love is that the grandfather paradox, under their view, wouldn't really uh, be concerned because if you kill your grandfather, you change world lines. If you don't, you know... It's just the one where he didn't die. Right, yeah. So you, so you, So you don't create paradox to where... Because you can't have gone back in time and killed your grandfather, that can't happen. Yeah, so if it was the grandfather paradox or something like that, that only makes sense if time is one immutable constant like stream, right? If there are no other timelines, there's only one, then you get into this logical contradiction where you can both and cannot kill your grandfather, right? You can, you can like... It's like Schrodinger's cat. Well, it's uh, <laughs> so with the logical contradiction, it's like a... Um, a, a round square. It's something that just cannot be it reconciled. Can't, yeah, can't exist. So when people say, you know, that they see a contradiction in something, they're typically not right in that. They're seeing maybe a paradox, but they're not seeing a true contradiction because a true contradiction is something that logically cannot exist. Right. Um, and the, at least from the standpoint of philosophy. So that's why you have to have alternate timelines. Yeah, in a lot of ways. And uh, funny enough, so there is a branch of logic called modal logic uh, um, that actually, I think, relates to uh, Steinsgate quite nicely. Um, modal logic is the logic that is based around the probability or the possibilities of existence of certain things. So if you ever hear a philosopher say, in a nearby logically possibly possible world, you could have a blue flamingo, Right. What they're telling you there is that there is another world out there where there is no logical contradiction that is close enough to us and similar enough to us that you could have a blue flamingo instead of a pink one because, logically speaking, a flamingo's color is a contingent feature of a flamingo, not an essential feature. Okay. And so because of that, um, there are two different philosophers who argued about modal logic. You had Saul Kripke, who passed away recently, who argued that... Um, this is the only actualized, logically possible world, but the other ones don't exist, but they serve as a good model, or as someone like David Lewis argued that all of these logically possible worlds exist. And so theoretically, for any given choice or any given uh, contingent features, logically, you could argue there is a, near, uh, a logically possible world where this happened or this thing existed. And we do this all the time as humans. We don't realize it. Have you ever heard of what's called a counterfactual reasoning? I think so, but yeah, just... So counterfactual is a statement where you're assuming something that is... Uh, you, uh, how do I want to explain this? 
Uh, so a counterfactual is like, if I didn't trip going down the stairs, I wouldn't have broken my leg. You're assuming something that didn't happen to show that this is what would happen in this world. You're, do, you're showing something that didn't happen in this world, right, to make a point. Mm-hmm. We do this all the time. Well, you know, if those votes weren't stolen, Trump would be president. <laughs> something like that, right? People do counterfactuals all the time. So we even as humans kind of implicitly with how we use language. When you can't possibly really know that. Yeah, exactly. You can't know that. Exactly right. You can't really know the outcome because the outcome already happened. Yeah, you're basically presupposing uh, or assuming a... Um, something else would have happened. Yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> so then the idea of, let's say, you know, like different timelines or parallel universes and stuff, that's... Essentially, that's all just a matter of opinion, then, wouldn't it be if, you know, everybody has their different theories? I mean, I know people like Stephen Hawking believe that parallel universes are real, but at this point in time, it would still be a theory. Like, we've never actually yeah, you can't proven possibly know. It's yeah, not that, it, yeah, that so anything like, yeah. That, like that exists. So, like, essentially, even what they're doing in the show by showing this happened because of this text message sent is still something that could be just I'm telling you you guys should still grabs. watch that movie Sliding Doors that I mentioned to you that shows the two different possibilities mm-hmm. of how your life can drastically change just by missing a train. That's, That's pretty cool. yeah, it's it's really good. In terms of just decisions, you could theoretically argue for any decision you make there is a timeline where you made that decision and one where you didn't. Well, exactly. And you, and you make hundreds of decisions every day. Yeah, yeah t- it doesn't matter. It, it can go from the most minute decision to like to the like, biggest life-changing one. Yeah, yeah, they're all logically uh, possible. Or, and it, it's like just moving your foot a little bit. And like, you, maybe you even, didn't do that. Like me and Vince have talked about it. We're like, there's probably, there could be a universe out there where we never met. We don't know yeah. each other. We never got married. Like, who knows what we are like in that instance, you know, or, right. you know, there, there's so many, or there's you know, one where you poisoned Vince and he died and you went to prison. That's true. You know, <laughs> yeah. we've even talked about, I strongly about, like, believe in that future more than us <laughs> not being together. Yeah, actually. I kind of do too. I mean, let's be real, you know, it, <laughs> I do. I'm pretty good at pushing the buttons. I mean. That's true. I sent him this article about this woman who was like, who loved serial killers and was obsessed with them. And okay, I do not have their art hanging on my walls. I will say that like she did, but she ended up killing her boyfriend. Yeah, and I was like, and he was like, "See, I told you, it's yeah, a weird. real possibility." <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Although, okay, so we've kind of totally like derailed. No, but I did have a um, something I wanted to say. I like in the show, and they make a point when he's talking to John Teeter that he's like, um, "Teeter knows what he's done by he essentially gives him the rundown of what happened when he sent that email." Mm-hmm. But what doesn't make sense to Teeter is that he retained his memories of it. Yep. Exactly, yes. Right. that he That's not normal. And, and, and we see that Okabe has retained them from the very beginning. So this show does a really good job of showing, like, if this was happening, it was happening to one person. There's no way that he could prove it because nobody... Yeah, what the show is doing is it's putting you in Okabe's seat. It's saying, hey... You as the audience are remembering everything that happens. Okabe is remembering everything that happens. You guys are on this journey together. Yeah. And you get to watch as that has a lot of negative consequences as the show goes on. I don't want to spoil anything, but and I mean it it takes its toll. It it does. Yeah. It it I, I really can't wait for you to get further well, into it. It starts it and to make see. him look like a madman even more. The more it happens. Well, because it cuts deeper than that. It it really does. It, it does. I mean, 
they do a good job of like Scott was saying, you know, you're on the journey with Okabe and God, I mean, shit gets really fucked up. Like I bad. Mean, yeah. To the point of where he's losing his mind. And the sad thing is about it, like I've brought up to Chelsea is it's all just because Okabe is a good guy. He's a really good friend and he's trying to help and his he friends out. Friends. He's a legit jackass though. But he didn't, I mean, he couldn't have possibly have known what the consequences were going to be when he was doing his when, actions. And you'll, and he'll he'll it, pay for it, trust And as me. you get yeah. further on, honestly, you'll get to see, too, that he was just a sad, lonely individual that had no friends and just... I mean, the whole show is about loneliness. Every character in the show is somebody who, on their own, without Okabe, is, would alone. Be, is alone. Exactly. Yes. Right. So they're he, making a little family. We are Groot. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like the whole, the secret, you know, the 007 and 001 and two. And yeah, because they're that. all misfits. It's, they're all misfits. Yeah. You yes, know, every all, single one of them. All of but them everyone has a key part to play in the whole scenario. And oh, they yeah. do. They most definitely do. Like I said, it almost, when they bring these people in, it almost feels like there's just so many different, like, side characters. But then you, they start pulling out pieces of their past as you continue through the episodes. And so you start feeling more empathy for these characters and almost getting closer to them in a sense. They're not just all these randos along the storyline. They all have significant impacts in what happens. Um, and, and I find that really interesting. You know, like you said, you know, Scott, they're all very lonely and Okabe kind of brings them all together, even though he's just as lonely as the rest of them. And he wants right. to connect, but he can't. He's so awkward. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So he's such a weird fucker. They're all kind of weird and awkward in their own right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, okay. So let's step back a minute. Okay. Back to when he did the text message, the street cleared, you had the satellite crash. Mm-hmm. You're already seeing drastic consequences for fucking with shit before he even did. Before he realized he was drastically. Right. But here's my question. It seems like they change time a few times before he sends the email. Yes. At points, it's only him that remembers. Other times, it seems like his friends remember too. When they sent the email, why didn't anyone else remember even though they were in the same room with like him close, when it happened like so that's what i thought you know what, i kind of had that question like too. being in proximity it seemed like it helped it allowed them to retain memories too i would argue that reading steiner the ability he has to retain memories is something that everyone has intrinsically to a degree he's just got it so much more pronounced because you'll see as shit gets more and more fucked up people start to kind of subconsciously start picking up on that. Like, they don't... Like I'd say they have almost, like, deja vu moments, if you will. Right, their unconscious mind is processing everything they're seeing, but their conscious mind isn't aware of it. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's... I think that's why... Because I think at first, when it was the smaller shifts that they were doing with the banana, I think that's why people remembered, whereas he is doing... He's hopping but drastically the, yeah, the big himself. One, the I big, think the so big the, ones they don't remember. Well, the thing is, the first text he sends in the very first episode switches him from the... The timeline where she dies to the timeline where she lives. 
Right. Well, I was going to say alpha to the beta world attractor. Yes. Field, so. Yes. I'm trying, or it's either beta to the alpha. I'm pretty sure they're in the he beta. Goes, no, he goes from the beta to the alpha, I think. Because I think the beta world line is where Kurisu's dead. I think. I thought hers was the alpha. I thought she was supposed to die. Well, I, well, I she probably so. is, but just. I don't remember. It happens at different points, or I don't know. I haven't seen the whole thing. Well, I, I thought true. so because in the first episode. Um, was his first attempt. He sees her die and he texts Daru and that's when he jumps. The first one was a mistake though. He sent the text not when knowing. Daru was experimenting, right. yeah. And he didn't know dude had the, the so, Yeah. Yeah, and that was the original, I think, split. Yes, that was the original. Well, yeah, but, but that's what we have to remember. Clearly at this there point. have been splits though because CERN has been fucking around before this that's true oh yeah we're saying at least splits that okabe himself has done and is aware of i and should right. say and well by the way at least 14 times with people because they kept finding all the different like gelatinous people yes yeah, so that they were you'd see him in history like in 1921 there was a dude coming out of a wall and different right. things like that so that's when you physically try to move something through time is when yeah so basically when you, it fucks it up like it can't the reason being is they're using a curved black hole to compress the data down to such a small um, uh, to such a highly compressed state so then they can transmit it and when you send a human through a curved black hole they get turned it's like hirasu said it's try you're trying to squeeze something through and same thing with the banana yeah exactly but that's why when they send the text messages though to certain people to change the past it works so what so essentially what they're experiencing in the show are the side effects or the um yeah basically the side effects of trying to f- send something physically through time yeah but, well, and there's well also the, the email though yeah the d-mail so you can do that with like data though yeah you can compress data small enough that you can send and, that that's through. why they can and, only and do works. like 24 yeah. or like 36 and characters and so yeah. that's a key thing Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, they're not trying to send people or objects. They're just sending messages to well, change the Well, they tried the, the bananas, course. but he's learning shit from Right, that. yeah. They learned that they can't send those, but if they send the D-mails, you know, they can convince somebody through message to alter time. Right. Yeah. Yep. But also, it seems like time, like you said, you have those set timelines, and then it just takes you to one where... It just kind of hops over it, to one. Shit is closest to what you did. Mm-hmm. Like, so the the... They didn't win the lottery because the chick messed up one of the numbers. Yep. Right. Ruka. Yep. So, like, you're not able to win the fucking lottery by changing time like that. Or at least they weren't. They were. I mean, maybe they could have had Ruka not screwed it up. For them, that would have been too drastic of a change. So, like, time, like, corrects itself as as best as it can. So the Alpha World line, by the way, is the one where Kurisu is uh, alive. Okay. So he went from the beta to the alpha originally. Okay, yeah. He was in a beta timeline. So you have twin timelines, and then their stuff branches off of those two? They're basically, like I said, the attractor fields. So imagine each timeline being a little string. The attractor fields are all those strings tied together to make a rope, if that makes sense. Okay. 
So all those all those tiny little timelines get combined into one big timeline, and, so they're just and like they, the they exist of on top rope. of each other, and then right, mostly they're the same, but then things change here and, and there. And you can hop between those like little differences yeah, to, to the corresponding from, one that matches. Yeah, but to change from like an alpha to a beta, that's the field drastic shit. Exactly. Yep. That very yeah. first text. He so sends, like her being dead, as opposed to not being dead, and like he. Went and talked to her, and he didn't remember talking to her. And yeah. She's mm-hmm. like, you just talked to me 15 minutes ago. And yep. And he's like, no, I didn't. Like, you yeah. you died. I watched. I saw you. Bitch like, is cray. Yes. <laughs> well, he knows she's not, though. He just knows that something's not right, and then that also he knows that they're trying to fuck with time, so he's aware that something happened, like... Right. right, yeah. And but that's a key thing of why it's still confusing at this point in the show is that we have to remember Okabe when he is sending these texts, he's still thinking like kind of like you're saying everyone is moving that timeline with him. But he hasn't realized quite yet that only his memories are the ones that are actually transferring. I think he's starting no, to pick it up at now. This point, at this point he's he starting is. to pick it up. At this yeah. point he right, is cuz yeah. he's talking he's talking to Teeter. And he's saying that he retained his memories, and it's clear that... Because that's the big revelation. He sends the email, and they haven't even done... Like, it just sets him at the point right before they Yeah, it's even, like it resets Before it. they even decide what they're going right. to do. And they're like, what the fuck? And then Kirisu, she's like, you already did it, huh? So and, it's like, they can start the, figuring out he's doing stuff, but they don't know what. And the right. only thing that makes everybody go, oh, that's weird, is the fact that the girl walks in with the fucking ticket like right after him being like did we send the email or what right yeah and so they're like what the fuck and i think it's frustrating for us as an audience too like scott said we're the audience with him and so there are times i even get frustrated like they don't realize yet like what's happening you know and it's and i'm sure that's how he feels too and you know i his whole like mad scientist, like how crazy he is, that will really get explained and make sense later on too. Like I wish uh, we could talk yeah. about that. Uh. We'll get there. We'll Watch get more. There. Yeah, uh, I will. I just got caught up in other. After shit this episode week, twelve but... happens, you're. Not will you please be text me to. after you watch episode twelve, please? Scotty made me do it too. You have to. Yeah. You. Is it that fucked up? Yes. It's the tone shift, dude. The whole tone of the show fucking changes. It does. It it flips on a dime. So the first half is kind of this, you know. Ominous, you know. Oh, I'm a crazy scientist. The organization. Let's fuck with time. And then episode 12 happens and you take such a dark descent. And it's like you feel like you're never going to come out of it. Yeah. Time strikes back. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and I think it has to. Like, And I think that's. Probably how it would go if you were fucking with like time we said, like this. he was fucking with time because he was just essentially a good guy who was lonely trying to help others in their loneliness. And in turn, he ended up he literally ended up fucking up everything. Butterfly effect. Yeah. He, on. I uh-huh. love how and they do. They start showing butterflies at the end of episodes and well, stuff, you know, right. The next episode that I'm actually on is called Butterfly Effect something or other. Oh, I can't yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So he's starting to see the negative yes, effects. Yes, it is, of... Meowsters. Yep. And... It really is. I, okay, I love so... that you made that little hint there. <laughs> yeah, I got you, boo. Uh, so you great. mentioned to me before, like on a previous episode of the show, that uh, it was probably on the time travel episode we did. 
and or no, it was AI. We did oh, AI. Oh yeah, we did AI. But yeah. we did get into like time travel and shit inevitably. Yeah. Talking about that. Um like you mentioned that this show is time travel done right. I yeah. agree with that. I 100%. totally agree. I, I think too. it also makes a little bit more sense too. Like as I watched it, it I It doesn't make a fucking lick of sense if you're like here's the casually thing. watching it. Well, and I think and here's the thing too, like we were just talking about this as we were headed over here is that when you have already so I'd already watched the show two or three times through before th- this current watch through so we could discuss it and like Scott was saying, it honestly it gets so much better when you're able to watch it through the second time and pick up every single little hint and from puzzle knowing piece. What you know now. Yes, that they yeah. drop literally from episode one. We've been picking up things that I'm like, oh, this hints to that, and there, this is in reference to this, yeah, and so it, it almost. I would almost highly recommend watching it again, all the way through. After the it's first a show time. that on the first episode, legitimately, if you, you knew enough, you could figure it out all on your own. Yep. Yep. Just watching one episode. Yeah. If you knew enough about the first episode, what's going on, you know how the series begins, where it goes, and where it ends. Exactly. But you, as a new viewer, can't do that because you... well, that episode makes zero sense to somebody who knows nothing. And it totally it doesn't. Exactly. And, that, and when I was watching it, I'm like, this is what they love. Here's the thing: when Scott, like, I was like so baffled <laughs> when we first watched it with Scott. He he came over to our house and watched it with us, and we got through the first three episodes. And I was like, I fucking hate it. I was like, I don't like it. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Like, I I'm not enjoying myself. And he's like, please just. He's like, at Stick least with it. he's yeah. like, get through to like episode six. And I was like, OK, so I watched the next three and I was like, all right, like I'm invested. And he's like, look, just get to episode 12. He's like, that's where it changes. He's like, you know, if you still don't like it by then, don't watch it. And 12 happened. And I messaged him and I was like, what in the actual fuck is going on? And then I could I <laughs> me I made Vince binge it. I think we stayed up almost all night finishing it because I couldn't <laughs> not have the resolution to it. it. It the tone changes that drastically that I think. Once you hit that episode, be prepared to not want to stop at that point because you're gonna you're gonna have to know what happens. Yeah. <clears throat> well, here's the thing. If I was flipping through Netflix or Funimation or whatever app it's on, mm-hmm. and I was just looking for a show to watch, and I saw this, and I was like, "Oh, maybe this will be interesting," and I started watching it. Like, yeah, if I watched, like, three episodes of, of it, I would probably would have given up. Because I was just like, yeah. this is... This it's is. made in a different era. I mean, think about it. People still had attention spans in 2010. Well, that's before that's smartphones. Not, but that's know. it's not even that. Like, I can... I listen to two or three podcasts a day. Like, to, re, listen to audiobooks constantly. Like, I have plenty of attention span. It was just, like, the... Not things not coming together as quickly as I would have liked, and that as it's you, a that, slow burn. That is a shame. Yeah, that my mind went there because I didn't give it a chance, and like I would have just, I would have probably never went back to it, and like not out of like. Well, and but, I, it, but the thing that got me to keep going is that the fact that we're doing like the podcast, and then we get to talk about this shit, and then it like. Makes this shit, like, so much better. Well, and I even had to do that with um, Sean, you know, Nike, who's also, you know, on the Comic Zone. When I first got him into it, I told him, I was like, dude, I was like, you're you're going to have to get into it. I'm like, it's not, 
it's not going to draw you in right away. But I'm like, at least, you know, get through like the first six episodes and then shit's finally going to start making more sense and they're going to start unraveling. And it is around around the sixth one where you're like... Yes, that's where they finally start explaining things. Things start making sense. You're kind of understanding what's happening with the time travel. And then you can get more into it but yeah at first when you don't understand what's going on it seems like a bunch of random shit that doesn't it does make and you're any... like okabe is just a fucking psycho and honestly his odd crazy behaviors they will make so much more sense later on too. they really those, will it's one of those i think the show had to do it that way i don't think that they could it have... has to to make it be like yeah to Tell yeah. Once you finish it, you'll uh, if you rewatch it, especially yeah, you'll it's... understand and be like, I get why they did this. It yes, it sucks that it's a hard sell that you way, have to but, convince right. people well, to that, just power through. That's what sucks about it is because it is a hard sell, and then I bet a lot of people don't give this show enough of a chance, and then so that probably hurts it in a way. You know what I mean? It's I believe it's, it's one so of those genius. shows, it has a cult following it's, kind of thing. It's so genius, it's too smart for... A lot of people to really... <laughs> it I mean, really but it, is. It, it really is, is, though, because I've met so many people that were like, well, you know, I just I got bored and like I fell asleep by the third episode. And I'm like, dude, I get it. Like, I'm not usually a fan of stuff that is a slow burn. Like, it, I'm usually not. But I decided to give this one a chance and... It is my most favorite anime, honestly. Like, I I love it because it's not only is it it's fun, like, especially all the perverted jokes in it, as especially like as you start going through more of the episodes, it's it's got the humor. But then as that tone shifts, like I like I, I cry so much watching it. It just it gets me like a lot of, like animated stuff, you know, obviously, like it can tug at the heartstrings and whatnot. But I mean, it just it crushes my heart and soul, honestly. Like, I think it was one of the first animated shows that I, mean, I just, I sobbed. Like, Scotty cries in it, and he doesn't cry at But stuff. here's the thing. If, have you ever been alone? Have you ever had trauma? Have you ever had a traumatic experience you couldn't share with somebody? Mm-hmm. This show is going to get to you. Yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah. It is. It really will. I think uh, it really took up until when they were about to send the email, and I was, like, really on the edge of my seat. I'm like... Oh fuck! <laughs> like, you're like, oh, we're, we're legit gonna like see like we're gonna see time change. Do, they're gonna try something on purpose and see what happens. And I that's and you, that's what really hooked me. Did up. Did you notice the little shit? How she ended up getting him that soda in the timeline? Yeah, the soda was there, yeah, and the yeah. melon's gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, she gave him that shit. like V8 or whatever. Yep. Exactly. Instead of the soda, but then the soda's like full city, and that's there. why he's like tripping because it's like that's when he could tell. Oh shit! It's different because he, he's you know a, a, a dumb naive kid who really is given daddy's gun, right? And he, he is starts... essentially like Daru. If you think about it, Daru is the brains behind him, and I'd say um, Kirisu. Once she gets involved, they're the brains behind the whole operation. I mean, right. Okabe is literally just fucking around, embracing his mad scientist role. That's well, all he's, he's doing. He's not respecting the science that they're No, unveiling. he's playing a game. It's a game to him. He's playing mad scientist. I wouldn't say it's a game I would to him. He wants to advance his knowledge he, and the knowledge of... He is an example of somebody who is, has intelligence but not wisdom. He doesn't respect the power that he is right. given. Right. And then by the time he starts learning the hard lessons about it, he gets respect for it, but he gets it through pain. But he is also the driving force that keeps them on track to make sure that this all happens. 
Yeah. Like he That's is true. He, he is the anchor because without that, like you guys said, they would all be alone. They would be scattered and doing their own thing. Yeah. But he is like probably the constant he is the the leader of the future gadget lab. He's the guy who brings these people together, and uh, with the, none of them would be friends with each other if he didn't exist. Bar none, like none of them would be right. friends. And with all one of another. them, yeah, like you said, they would have no reason to know each other. No, yeah. and they're all loners. Like think about it, you know, like Mayuri, you know, aside from the kitty cafe and the people she knows there. She wouldn't have any friends. Daru would just be spending his days online with his harem. Ferris would be going home to her empty apartment after, you know, working at the cafe and, and doing her games and stuff. You know, like even uh, Shiny Finger. Look at her and how she can't talk to people mm-hmm. unless it's through text. text message or email. You know, like you'll look at see how more awkward. about her, too, well, to where you're like, oh, my God. Oh, this- my God. It gets so real. And what's <laughs> nice is uh, they're nice enough to number the friendships for you in order that Okabe has met all these people. Yep. So obviously the longest and, you know longest relationship friendship that he has is Mayuri do, and then do, do. Daru yep and then Daru yeah and, what's so, and then Kirisu so it'll be interesting how all these people come in to like start to make more sense well and you'll like you'll find out I mean you'll find out why Mayuri is his like hostage his hostage yes you will find that out and, and like chicks like I'm calling the fucking cops. Yeah. I know she's all sorts of like. I'm <laughs> yeah, a you'd be like I'm about to beat your ass right now, dude. Yeah, you'll, uh, you'll yeah. see why Maki has got her wa- emotional walls. You'll see why she's got that. You'll, you'll see why he calls her Christina. Yeah, yeah, I that drove me fucking crazy through the whole. I remember asking Scotty, I'm like, Can you just tell me why, and he's like, I really can't. He's like, I, <laughs> I cannot give this away. And when it finally, when you find out, you're just like. I just got stabbed in the heart like 40 times, you know, yeah. like it's, it's a good emotional catharsis show. I watch it when I need my heart stomped on a little bit in a good way. Sometimes you need that good catharsis. <laughs> you need a little like, bit of dude. I have certain movies. Like if I need a good cry, I watch a star is born, you know, well, like game of Thrones can be like that too. I feel like anything just like, can just be like, like that. It's like I've said the before, people you like all day, the what if episode <laughs> with Dr. Strange, I yeah. I sobbed like a little bitch. I told Vince I looked at him and I was like, "You can't look at me because I'm gonna ugly cry right now." So can you that's just? Like well, a, that's I a know. sad one though, dude. Scotty knows and- my uh, catalyst to make me cry. It's not a show or a song. It's a video game. Gears of War when Dom dies. Uh, no, it's not. Well, I mean, that's a good. That's up. That there. is. That is it. There. I cry but- every time Vegeta sacrifices himself against Majin Buu. Yeah, that's a good one, too. See, yeah, I think we all have those. Whether it could be animated, music, video game, what's your what makes you cry then if it's not Dom? No, it is. Well, it's the whole thing, though. I mean, not just his, Dom his whole journey, every because every this whole thing, that whole trilogy. Yeah, the only reason reason why he joined up with the Gears was to save his wife, who's mm-hmm. taken as a prisoner of war by the Locust. And in the third game, he finds her. But she has been abused and whipped and shit like yeah, that by the locusts so bad. Yeah, she's all fucked up. She's just a husk. Yeah. And she essentially just falls and dies in his arms because she Dude. just can't. And that was the only thing driving him forward. He talks all throughout the games. He's like, oh, About when Maria. We, we, yeah, when yeah. we and her, when I find her, we're going to do this and do this. Yeah, and when yeah. Maria and I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then Does after it make that, him just give up? 
Yeah. No, well, well, kind of. Kinda, I mean, yeah. he he goes on a fucking rampage. He and sacrifices himself for everybody, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And then there's a part where dude, all the locusts, that is fucking. Yeah, I haven't even heard, I haven't even played the shit. Dude, Gears and I'm like, well, that trilogy and, is amazing. Well, and where it all comes to a tie is like they're saying he dies because him and his whole platoon are pinned down by these locusts that are infected with this like um oh emulsion with emulsion and yeah. it's kind of like a almost like uranium if you will almost like a radioactive substance and so they're all pinned down and there's this fuel truck that you know he sees so he asks for coverage and marcus uh his best friend in the unit he's like no don't you know he gets in that truck hauls ass down the road and comes flying back and the whole time is just him like recounting like being everything in that's happened. and he's like yeah. maria i'm gonna see you again and then yeah he see pretty much me. drills into him and explodes that's see, yeah. that's to why him out. mass effect will make you cry like a bitch too yeah just saying <laughs> see, and that's or how... the end of red dead redemption too oh my god oh, oh my god know. if yeah. you play the good route and he goes and like dude dude the so end sad. of both red deads always like get to me and even like i know this is very like Unpopular opinion. <laughs> I know a lot of people hate Final Fantasy X, but the storyline is what gets to me throughout it. And, like, that's something that honestly gets me emotional is with, like... Chrono or- Trigger will do that, well, too. Well, with, like, Oron and Titus, how they're technically... Is there any other beers? I want one. Give me one, please. Oh, um, I don't with- know. If- I think there's just one more. Well, so. sad day. With Titus <laughs> and... I'm good. I'm good. Um, with Titus and Oron, how you you know? I mean, they're technically like what a thousand year old ghosts. Like they're they're dead as fuck. And <laughs> this relationship they build with people, and how Yuna and him fall in love, and she ends up having to essentially like set his spirit free at the end. It just really gets me in the game and makes me super emotional. I don't know why. Like I'm such a sucker for it, but like certain games like that, though. I want a good storyline. I need to be invested emotionally, whether it's a movie, a show, a video well, game, you need a to book. Read the I Cosmere. Yeah. I know. I've I've Dude, been, I've been want... trying to work on Mistborn. I I'm finished trying. Warbreaker. Did finished, you? Yeah, I did. It's good. Well, you need to finish. Uh, you need to read uh, the second era of Mistborn. That's that's pretty much so, what I'm left with. Yeah. Dude, the okay. The I will tell you this. The greatest to the end of a story I've ever heard was the end of the first Mistborn trilogy. Tightest trilogy Dude, ever. I'm telling I... you, that shit, like, I was jumping up and down like, what the fuck? Every like, element was, in that book mattered and connected to the it's end. It's like this Every show in that element. way. It's like this show, and it's so... I will, I will have to tight, read those yeah. because I can honestly say the only fantasy series that I have sobbed and I mean, like, sobbed, like, gut-wrenching, like, just, like, a little bitch was, there's an author called Terry Brooks, and he writes the Sword of Shannara series. And my favorite book called The Elfstones, long story short, this bitch gets turned into a tree, who's my favorite character, and then the main dude ends up getting with this gypsy chick that's just a total twat waffle, and I hate her, and I cried when this bitch turned into a tree. And this guy just, his writing 
destroys me. I think I cry in literally every book this man writes because he gets me so in love with these characters. Just wait until you well, get to yeah. changes he, with the Dresden he Files. Kill, shut the <laughs> fuck up with that nonsense. Spoiler, Scott. <laughs> oh, so guess what Try, happens no, here? I already know. Well. The, book, the book called Changes has lots of changes, and I'm already so invested in certain characters in that book, Michael and Thomas are my base. I love them. No, shut up. I <laughs> nothing can happen, okay? And fuck Susan, by the way. Fuck that vampiric bitch. Can I just say that? You might like that change. I don't know. I hope she Dude. dies. I hope she has a stake right through the motherfucking heart. That's so the fun. end of Mistborn is a lot like you were saying in Gears. You remember the. So the main girl. Hey, quit ruining shit for me. Oh, I started okay. reading well, you them. Read it? I'm she, already okay. a quarter. She read the first I'm a th- half of dude. the first book. No, I'm like a third of the way through it. Yeah. The end of that <laughs> shit is bomb, dude. I like the main dude. Isn't he? Is he Although, a ginger or am I confusing? Kelsier. Kelsier? I think yeah. there might be a better Final Fantasy. You're gonna reference. like. You're gonna like Kelsier a lot more by yeah. the end of the first book. But you're also gonna be kind of angry with him too. Yeah, that's true. I was a little bit. I was like, you motherfucker. Yeah, you're just like, bro. <laughs> bro. Bruh. Bruh. And by the end of the... Dude, what the fuck? And also, just the first uh, way, uh, way of Kings. Oh, I love the Calvin's very, story. The dude, the first fucking book by the end of that shit. And the Bridge Four shit. Yeah, a, a, a dude... dude I mean that whole series. I I still love the whole twist with Teravangian and Rhythm of oh, War. I was like, the what the I fuck? I know. Oh my god, dude, that was a fucking twist it's and a half. Crazy. It was amazing. But here's the thing: he kind of set it up to where it's like I it's believed how, it. Maybe that's what he was wanting to happen the whole time. I think. Oh yeah, that was Teravangian's plan that the whole the time. Entire plan was to. And that mo- day of brilliance he had. That's exactly oh, his plan, and he pulled it off, dude. I have no clue what you guys are referencing, it's, but it sounds dope. Just uh, to put it the simplest way, imagine a guy outsmarting a god. Oh, okay. And so. stealing that god's power. Oh. So some almost like Loki and Thor shit, in a way, maybe. Uh, More like Doctor Doom stealing the Beyonder's power. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. It, it was really, because it came out of left field, and you're like, Oh, yeah. So <laughs> okay. that, that's what Brandon Sanderson is great at. He will steer you in a direction and make you think. Make you feel comfortable that you know what's going to happen. And he's like, ha, gotcha. Yeah, and then he, he does some shit that should seem, it seems very obvious in hindsight. Mm. And then and then you go, how did I not see that? And that's okay. how the end of Mistborn was. Yeah, when I finished Mistborn, I was a fan for life. I was like, this man earned my respect. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like Mm. literally the best ending to a story. Like he said, it's tight. Like the whole story is... Everything, every element comes back to the end. Every element. Dude, Magic systems, you name it. The world, the magic system, it's all connected. It's all tight, tight like a tiger. Dude, tighter than (laughs) any tiger ever has been. Oh, okay. Even the Tiger King? Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. Get out of here. Carol fucking Baskins. Carol fucking <laughs> that Baskins. That bitch. Dude, I haven't watched any of that. Are you for real? No. Yeah, oh, God. It's you're great. like a small percentage of the population where you're unique enough to where you probably shouldn't at this point. Yeah, just don't. Just don't. Just don't. Just don't do that. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, it's, it's fucking 
good and i get why um a lot of people watched it during covid but <sighs> i don't know now that the world is starting to return back to normal and looking back on it it's like why was that so popular it's. I think it's a because product it, of its time. Because it's a train exactly. wreck and people love watching. I think well, because it, it was the crazy, just, like we couldn't fathom that people like this existed. Well, and that was like the perfect And it brought light to it. Well, it's to all those murderer shows and shit are like that. I love those, okay? Was a, it was a perfect time to drop a show like that, though, with COVID. I mean, for fuck's sakes, like. We all needed to entertain. We yeah, needed to see some crazy ass people. How many people were locked in, especially in places like New York and fucking LA, you know, like where you couldn't go do shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they couldn't do dick all. You're in like, your little studio apartment that's like 12 square feet. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, all right, we're fucking throwing on Tiger King right now. <laughs> Can't yeah. even get toilet paper. Yeah. Oh Dude. My God. We should have all invested in Sean. In hindsight, everybody's going to look back at that later and be like, Had we been able to text like, message wow. ourselves, send a D-mail being like, invest in Charmin, bitch. That was the most like reckless hope i've ever lost in humanity at once well it just shows you how fragile this whole thing is man well yeah and how quickly people rolled over and just let themselves but i just mean like told what to do you know what it makes me think of too honestly i could very much see um so like as we you know me and vince are huge fans of the last of us and you know, obviously, they have shows like The Walking Dead and stuff that show you just how depraved humanity can be. I, I very wholeheartedly believe that, like, as a society, we would stoop to the lowest of lows in sure. a apocalyptic type situation sure. like that. Because think about, think about you have a family to protect. You do. And you're going to do, or... do what you have to. If that means killing somebody to take what they have, you're going to do that because... Exactly, and look at just you have how to vicious. Feed your family. Look at how vicious and violent. Yeah, people got just over COVID, over toilet paper, and things like that. Imagine if we did have some Fighting sort in of stores and shit. Yes, and it's just I mean, I remember when me and Vince had to. We went grocery shopping during this time, and somehow when we got to Walmart, they had just gotten a shipment in of they had water, toilet paper, paper towels. We got big packages of them and people were eyeballing our cart like it was Black Friday and yeah, we got the last Xbox. They it was literally, bad. They took a pallet and they literally didn't even put that shit on the shelf. No, it, that pallet was it, gone. And I even and overheard people just swarmed it like piranhas. Well, not necessarily, but I just heard as I went up to go get the pack of paper towels and toilet paper um there was like this younger kid and this older dude and the older dude tells the younger kid like if they fucking come after it get out of the way like essentially and so i mean i was nice i just took one of each i was like i'm not gonna be a fucking asshole yeah don't be a fucking prick no they're pretty big packs you know but yeah like she said uh people were eyeing our fucking cart as if we had they're gonna rob you in the fucking parking lot and i even told her like we had a whole slew of shit i was like yeah we we have to get out of here right now he's like we'll get our so stupid and it was we we got our two cases of water our toilet paper our paper towels a few food items he's like we will come back for the rest of our groceries think about how essential toilet paper really is it's not really that essential you can wipe your ass with anything. Well, and that's the yeah. that's why I lost so much hope with humanity. I was like, we have a respiratory illness. And it's not, you know, cough medicine was the first thing that flew off the shelf. Hand sanitizer, the paper masks. And shit you don't really it Yeah, it was toilet fucking paper. toilet paper. Where I'm like, dude, it doesn't even give you the shits. Like, Bro, you don't even need water. There's a fucking river running through town. Well, and see, this is brings up my hatred of cities. You know, where my hatred of cities stems from is they are like zoos. 
They are unnatural. And just like Jurassic Park, when shit yeah. goes wrong, what happens? Yeah. It breaks the Chaos fuck down. Chaos ensues. Like in Seattle, where you had six fucking blocks of lawlessness, where the cops are like, I ain't going in there. Yeah. You know, shit like that. And so, I'm sorry. I know well, this they sound... I ex- gotta respect that. I mean, like, there's nothing we can do. What are we gonna do? We're yeah. not the fucking army. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's just one of those... I mean, yeah, preppers seem crazy, but in a way, they kind of got Dude, a point. No, they... They're going to yeah. be the ones laughing at everyone when all the shit really goes Like down. Bill on The Last of Us hiding in his basement, you know, <clears throat> waiting for the whole town to evacuate so he can live by himself. There's going to be people like that. And they those will be the ones that survive, they, man. Here's the thing. Yeah. I've had this discussion with a good friend of mine. We laugh about it a lot. I am not made to survive the apocalypse. I can guarantee I will be dead in the first 24 hours. And that's okay. I've I've accepted it. I am not meant to survive. That is fine. Let everybody else try and thrive in the crazy ass apocalyptic world. Y'all have fun. Deuces. We're I'm out. in a good, unique position to where we're in a place where there's plenty of deer and right. We pl- live in we Wyoming. Really we'll, good we'll create a settlement in Jackson. It's, it's you just know. like winter though is a problem. See, I just winter feel like the problem. at a certain point though. Especially if the electricity goes down. Survive that shit. Like, there's got to come a certain point where you, you have to ask yourself why, you know? Well, okay. And that's my thing, too, is like, okay, why so. Why survive? Well, yeah. Because, I mean, like, well, in shows like The Last of Us or The Walking Dead, where there's the world never, is. Bro, you. Even the if, world is over. There's no resolution. No, that's not, that's not true. Yeah, it is. Uh, but the world it's goes over. through cycles and, like, humanity goes through cycles. We have been. Very prop- prosperous to the point that we built the pyramids and we don't even understand how they did. And then something happened and we got wiped out, back down, and regressed. And okay, then we fucking go up and down. And I'm it's saying like something the, like a virus like the like zombies or cordyceps or whatever. Okay, next, like extreme. It's just the next thing. And, I don't And think eventually so. we adapt and we continue to... But see... That's the thing, though. Like, if humanity goes to sh- like hell in a handbasket that fast, and it goes to that extreme, where it like crumbles in a week, and say you are Joel's age, you know, forties, fifties, whatever. Been- you, by the time humanity would even be able to say they make a cure, and people aren't, you know, if they do get infected, they won't turn. Or you would whatever. have people be being born naturally immune to shit eventually. Right, but I mean, like, by the time humanity and society would get back to they a could stable rebuild level, themselves. it, it would time. be hundreds of years after you would die. Yeah, oh, I don't want to survive that much shit. So long. It'd be way, way longer than that. So it'd be like, that's where but, I'm saying, what's the point? Dude, okay, so we've had, fuck, you know? we've been hit by, like, asteroids and shit before. Reset humanity, like the great, like the flood, like the great flood and shit. The that Black was, Plague, like all the, like humanity has been reset over and over again. Survival. I don't think to those levels. Bronze Age whole, collapse was like that. The whole point. Look into it. No, it goes down to like we had like seven thousand people on the planet. Period. At points, and then we, but to create the pyramids and to have the knowledge they had, they were just as advanced as we are, but. In a different way. And they understood things in a different way, and that got reset. We lost all that. Yeah. Like and, I said, the Bronze the, Age those, collapse. Those those pyramids and shit, I bet, are way older than we even think they are. I bet they are, too. Yeah. So, yeah, it takes time to reset, but like we are, as a species, super resilient. 
Isn't yeah. it funny where Steins Gate and time traveling took our whole entire conversation? <laughs> it, is like, re- it is related, though. It because, is. All this shit's related. Mm-hmm. Well, because well, even in Steins Gate, what happens in 2036? The same exact thing we're talking about right now, right? Hey, uh, Collapse of society. Well, yeah. Teeter's talked about that already by this point. Oh, okay, never mind. I'm, All right, not, was... I'm not too crazy worried about spoilers because maybe Here's the help. thing. I am because Scotty spoils everything. I literally have him a shirt that says, warning, spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> but I, they should have talked about that, that in 2036. No, he did good this episode. No, he, no, he did. He, he did talk anything. He did talk about it. I forgot that, though. I Because I... It, it's a whole premise to John Teeter. I'm sorry. Like, go back to year 2000 if you don't want spoilers just saying uh, okay well all right john teeter shit collapsed <coughs> well, shit got bad well that's what he said right have you figured out who john teeter is i'm thinking it's homeboy in the future no <laughs> I, I thought he was talking to himself or something maybe no but yeah you'll find out is it his but, home is it his buddy no, no. you'll find nope. out. nope who the fuck is it we're not telling you. <laughs> What's in the box? What's in the fucking What's box? What's in the box? It's an IBM. <laughs> right. It's That'd an be, IBM. Dude, what I would kill to it? have one of them just because it'd be badass. And That'd expensive. be a funny Steinsgate meme. And only a select few would get it. Yeah, pretty They're much. like, what's in the box? And it's like, they open it, and it's the IBM. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like I said, it's unfortunate that it's a show that it it do, like it just throws you unfiltered material, right? But when you look back on it and rewatch it, all, all of it makes sense. They had to do it, it that way, but it is overbearing at first, and so that's why I think people quit. And that's why I'm always like, just fucking keep going. Yes, just stick it out, man. Yeah. Because it's worth it, and trust me, when you finish it, it's gonna be just like Mistborn for you. You're gonna be like, "Oh shit, that was worth it." Well, you yeah. really will. You you will it appreciate like it. Sounds like it's gonna be like the same kind of thing, and that's what I loved so much, and that's why Mistborn's my favorite story. Period. Well, and I think that's why this one is even like my favorite anime because, uh, like, to me, when I started watching animes, I I took them all as to be like, you know, a, a dragon shows. Well, not even that, but just like a Dragon Ball Z type. Like, they're just going to fight all the time. That's all it is, is just battles between strong people. Okay, but I I wanted something different. I wanted something that would draw me in in a different way, and this one did. And because I loved that so much, it's what made me more open to watching more and why I got into Dragon Ball Z with Vince and why we watched stuff like Death Parade and Death Note. So Steins Gate truthfully was like... The catalyst for you me. You would love Cowboy Bebop. I'm telling you. It's, it's, and, I, and I've seen some shit. of it, and I do yeah. like it. But it was it really was the and thing Trigun. for me. Yes. It it got me into anime. It made me go, okay, it can be more than just my preconceived notions of you, what it is. I can I can be emotionally invested into this. You yeah. should take a trip, and this is about time travel. Take a trip back in time. Watch some of those older animes that made all this possible. Yep. Like Trigun. Like Outlaw Star. Like, uh, uh, what else? Cowboy Bebop, yep. Neon Genesis, yeah. Evangelion. I was say yes. Evangelion. I was gonna say probably that. Yeah, yeah. And there's, a, dude, that shit is heart wrenching in itself. Mm-hmm. Dude, the ending to Cowboy Bebop is just fucking sad. Dude, yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. You, I mean, it gets you in the feels. You're gonna be like fucking deep, deep into it by episode twelve, and like they're saying, by like the end I've of it, said, when you watch episode twelve, 
you better fucking message me. <laughs> okay. By the end of this, you might even get a. I made you mac and cheese. That's that's pillow. the trade off. That was super good too. I made you mac and cheese. You got to text me. It's about like a mac and health. cheese, by like nachos. By the end of this, you're probably gonna get a curacao body pillow. I could see it. <laughs> You're, you're I have, have I have the 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 secret lab pin and I have a, a scroll poster of Moxie Kirisu and Okabe. So I'll have to show you. I have so it was based off of. And I was actually going to mention this. So this is an adaptation of a video game visual novel on the PS3. And the show is yes. Oh. And so it's a show where you get his phone and you make all these choices. So they brought all of those different narratives together into one anime, which was really fucking brutal when you think about it. And so because of that, it's like lightning in a bottle. That show, the fact that they pulled it off, because it's a game where you can go into like 12 different endings or something like that. Huh. He has but, it. Uh, well, I have it. I have the original for PS3. I have the PS4 re-release where it's a giant box. It's like... 14 inches tall and it's just full of concept art and just all sorts so of neat this is shit. your favorite anime hands down. yes mine uh, too yeah my uh top five would be basically this and then hunter x hunter if you've ever watched that the, the 2010 one uh another show once it gets that tone shift you're like oh this seems like a happy kid show gone's gonna find his dad and then what the fuck is he doing like yeah it's it's another show yeah, i've that, heard that show goes dark Yes, it does, and it's so beautifully good. Oh, and and the the so the mangaka who made that and my other show on my top five, Yu Hakusho, that dude is the king of shonen villains. Yeah. No one touches him. He writes villains that are deep, complex. Their motivations make sense, and there's it's a lot even like Naruto in that way. Naruto copied this guy. Yeah. This guy predates Naruto. I, that's what sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, he he legit ripped off. And I, uh, I've watched, you know, I've watched you a little. Yu Yu Hakusho back. Okay, so when it was like, I don't know why I didn't go there because mm. it seems like the obvious thing to do considering I was so into Dragon Ball. Right. But that was the problem is I was so into Dragon Ball I didn't have eyes for anything else. And that's fair. And, and it is different. I, I love the humor of it. The Justin Cook dub, the Funimation dub for well, the it tournament, is fantastic. The tournament saga I've heard is really exceptional. Dark Tournament is fantastic, and the villain for that, Tagoro, when you understand his like who he is and the flaws that drove him to do what he did and all that, again, it's just he's a rich, nuanced character. And that's where Dragon Ball is a little bit more one-dimensional, is on some of the villains. Maybe not all, but some of them. I can see that. Uh, but also... There is so much you can pull from Dragon Ball still. Oh, I love and, it. Don't and get the, me wrong. And just looking at Vegeta... Oh yeah, my and favorite his, character. His character, I mean, he has to be your favorite. Like, yeah, just no, watching doesn't. him go from watching <laughs> him go from absolute homicidal maniac to uh, dad. Yeah, but I mean, just even it's, understanding why, like, the fear and hatred he had for Frieza and the yeah. pain of losing his planet and all of that shit, right? It's yep. like... And you get an understanding of why he's so prideful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's carrying the entire weight of it, a dead world on his shoulders. Literally. Yeah. Him and Goku, and it, I think it frustrates him that Goku... I mean, Goku carries that in his own way. Just through being powerful and... He carries the pride of the Saiyans. He doesn't carry it like Vegeta, though. 
No, because no. not only the dead world, he's also carrying the dead race itself with him supposed to be, you know, like the next king, the next ruler of Saiyans. Well, yeah. He's can- literally carrying the pride of all, Sai- all Saiyans. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. through his and, regal teeth. And his also why Kaba matters to him so much. Right. It's like it's his chance to pass on what he's learned to another Saiyan. And not just his son, but like a whole. He passes it to Kaba. And then Kaba passes it to the rest of the Saiyans on his world. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Vegeta is, in my opinion, the best character on the show oh, and amazing. the most important. I I don't think that story would be as interesting without him. It wouldn't because you wouldn't have that contrast between him and Goku. The mm-hmm. driving force for each other. Right. And they, they definitely drive each other all oh, the way. Oh, yeah. All the way. Right. Like... There's no way Goku's going to let Vegeta be stronger than him, and that's just, you know. Well, and you get almost a sense of that in Steins Gate, too, with some of these characters and how they drive each other in different ways, mm-hmm. I Well, feel. look at um, Okabe and, you know, you know, Kirisu. Like, they, even they kind of have that driving force with each other, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of, like, enemies to friends-ish you know, kind of thing going on. Right. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. And, um, I mean, she is, uh, if it wasn't for her, I think he would have just gone insane. And, I, yeah, I don't want to say anymore. But, like, she's hugely important to, yes, she's, to right. his she's, development. She's so important. That reminds me, I got something to ask you about it when we're in the car later and we can't say in front of Mike and Drew and stuff. <laughs> But also, um, did that's you guys what ride I was gonna, together? Yeah, oh. yeah, and that's what I kind of talked about with uh, Dragon Ball Z that I like about this show is character development. Which I mean, you you you'll see more of it. You're you're kind of getting a taste for it, but right the character now, development yeah. is really superb. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, right? Show. Superb. I'm telling you, I was watching them with the email stuff like an hour before you guys got here or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was like on the edge of my seat, just like. Oh fuck! Like so now things are this th- that was like kind it's of starting piv- to set in for that, you. Yeah, yeah, that was the pivot to where I'm like, oh, now this, things are gonna start making sense. And I will say yes. this: don't even bother tracking which episode you're on. You'll know episode twelve when it happens. There's no way you can. Yeah, miss there's it. You're just no. Gonna, I'm gonna be like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. You're you're probably gonna text me and be like, I hate you guys. Why'd you make yeah. me watch this? And it I'm just like, it shifts completely to where like you you won't miss it. I like, literally it's not, okay. it's not subtle. So you're a Game of Thrones fan, right? Yeah, it's a red wedding. It's the red wedding of the show. Like I, I sat there just like it was fucking hilarious watching her reaction to the red wedding. Oh, I just love it, dude. Yeah, uh, and I just finished watching the first season of House of Dragons. Mm -hmm. Dude, the end of that first. Have you guys watched it? I've heard it's all right. The end of that show's great, and the end of the first season is like, what in the fuck? Yep. Like, I was like, oh, no. Uh, like, he, it's not like you... He, dude, Kevin is a cunt, okay? You have yeah, him he's all right. an asshole. Look at him. He's <laughs> biting know, the fuck I'm, out of you. I'm playing with him. Okay. That's it's, funny. It's just, like, it's just like a dog. You just play with him. Yep. <laughs> he likes to throw down. He does. Yeah. Right. 
that's why I don't play with them. But you, you should watch House of Dragons and like, dude, the end of the first season is like, what in the fuck? I'm gonna need something now that the Last of Us finale is and tonight. And you, you don't have to watch the original show to watch this. That's true because it's the it prequel. Helps, so it helps in understanding like the way that they govern things because it's a big part of it. Is like sitting at the king's uh, table where they actually. You know, govern what's going on in the kingdom, right? And there's right. a lot. There's a lot of that. Hmm. I'm doing Night of the Roxbury with your cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that. That could even possibly be a show for uh, the main show. We could do some episodes Game of Thrones. Of- Game that would be tough, dude. You can't. Well, not Game of Thrones necessarily. Nah. But maybe starting with the House of Dragons. Just give it, but do you can't one talk about recap. House of Dragons without talking about the main. Just show do like too. a one episode recap of Game of Thrones, and then the next episode move into the House of. We Dragons. tried that with Dragon Ball, remember? And then we made a whole fucking series. <laughs> yeah. So what's wrong with that? It, I, I don't know. Maybe we could call them uh, and Game of Dragon D's Balls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dragon. Game of Dragon Thrones. Dragging these thrones. Dragging these thrones. Dragging these thrones around. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That fits. <coughs> oh, shit. No, it's a great show. You should watch it if you're a fan of that. Yeah. But I will say to summarize, Steins Gate, great character development, great emotional uh, investment on, um, you know, and uh, it's tight like Mistborn. It, there's no elements missing. Like everything matters. And I promise we'll have more to talk about next time because shit, the, we're gonna get our waiters on. Like shit is gonna get deep. Try to get I to think that's what 12. makes it hard. Is I like so I too. knew from the beginning, like everything that I was seeing mattered in some way. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like every every single frame of this show it has something to do with what's coming. It yep. does. It's very much a show that you you cannot just. Be blase and just kind of keep it on as background noise. Looking and at like your you... fucking phone. Yes, yeah, Mike. Yeah. Which is what I've been doing. You have to be invested. You have to pay attention, or you won't start picking out pieces of things. I will or say to though, by, together by episode twelve, he's not going to be on his phone. No, you won't at all. No, <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> well, I think I'm on like seven. You are. You're. You're getting. You're on but the cusp. Not... But at this point, I'm like invested already. Yeah, yeah, you are. Like, so I'm like, Told you by six. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, the email was what did it. Is I was like, yep. oh shit, we're gonna start making sense. You're like, we're fucking up oh, the yeah. timeline. We're, we're gonna start making mistakes. This show is a big ass fish hook, and you're just a fish. And right now, where you're at in the series, you're nibbling. And then episode twelve is when they fucking yank that guy. It's in your back. cheek, and you're like, "Oh, I'm in it for the long haul." <laughs> no, fuck that. You've even swallowed the hook, and it's set in your stomach. Like yep. you're, you're fucked. There's nowhere you can go. Yep. You know another <laughs> show that comes full circle and is really good at just being. It's a tight show. Is uh, Psychopaths. Mm-hmm. You've seen Psychopaths season one. I've never watched the other seasons, but season there's one other seasons. There's two more, I think. But season one, fantastic. Uh, that's all I watched was the first. Well, one. as so, I am a fan of the science fiction author Philip K. Dick, and they make reference to him in that show as well. And he's the guy who is the author behind Total Recall and Blade Runner and uh, Paycheck and Minority Report. He's the author that so many Hollywood studios have gotten ideas from. Right. 
And he was a little batshit himself, but I mean, really interesting fellow, and I enjoy his books. You probably have to be to write kind of this kind of shit. Yeah, probably. You gotta be a little batshit. Probably, yeah. We can make a whole nother spinoff show about Philip K. Dick. Quit trying to make shows. And call it Trippin' Dick. <laughs> I mean, so... Trippin' Dick. Trippin' I Dick. Mean, have I ever told you, like, he had a legitimate, like, prophetic experience and shit? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... But he actually prophesied some shit that was kind of weird. Like and... what? So he, so he had had, shortly before he died, he had um, some Christian chick come to his door... And he claimed that a pink light reflected off her Ixie's fish necklace and gave him information, like information he otherwise couldn't have. And so it started to affect him. And the one that was most interesting is he was like having a nap and one of his he had like five wives and like tons of kids. Right. But one of his uh, wives, you know, had um, five wives. He divorced, you know. You know, had you know four divorces. However you want to look at it, you know what I mean. Oh, I thought you meant like the same. It time. wasn't no, like the sister he, wives. Okay. Like, yeah, no, pretty. but anyway, because uh, this dude lived in the '60s and '70s, right? But um, he um, like his this his baby was crying and his wife didn't know what was going on. He was just sitting there taking that. Pops up, goes, "This thing's got a hernia. We need to take it to the ER." And he was dead fucking on. Shit like that, where you're like, how do you explain that? You, know, you can explain that by just him having a thorough underst- understanding of, this, and, and like just paying he had attention. like one semester of college to him, man. Like he okay, wasn't. Okay, but that doesn't mean he didn't read books. Oh, I get that, but I'm just saying it's stuff like that that's you can weird. Exp- my point is, you can explain it. You can, but it's just unlikely. It's a matter of probability. Like probabilistically, would he have had that knowledge and experience to instantly look at a kid and go, "That kid's got a hernia"? Probably yeah. not. It's yeah, just a, I mean that is kind of. That's yeah. a probabilistic thing. So, yeah. how's yeah. a kid have a hernia? I don't know how his baby did, but I actually was, I think, born with one. Oh. It, yeah, so uh, it can happen. It mm-hmm. can. Yeah, I had um, a friend that he had one when he was like one or two. Since yeah. he lifting yep. couches, it just—I <laughs> mean, you just have a tear there, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah who knows? Well, and you think about it. I mean, getting birthed, you're kicking, screaming, doctors smacking you on the ass. Could happen. Cutting parts of your dick off. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> a little bit of trauma. Speaking of, like, practices that don't make sense. Right. Yeah. Kevin. Yeah. Your fucking cat's on fucking. cocaine. <laughs> well, I think we've covered what we should cover on. For sure. Yeah. Um, right I now, I will watch more. Yes. And by next episode, we'll talk about episode 12, The Shift. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that's what we're gonna refer to it as. Because the, the show, shift. the show is foreshadowing it to you. It's just doing it subtly. It's yes, letting it you know that there's something bad's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it has to happen. Yeah, it always does. Butterfly effect. That movie ends like pretty shitty. Tom Travelin's bad. I'm <laughs> okay. It, it, it is like that's. <laughs> I guess that's always the. That is always what we conclude in any sort of, I think, you know, time traveling movie show, whatever, is that it just, it should, time should not be fucked with. You just, you need to respect that it is, life is the way it is, and the way our paths take is based on decisions we make, and there's no, 
you can't go back in time and undo it. And but, if you do, it probably will have dire consequences. Not only that, right. but I would say that it highlights that by its very nature, science cannot make moral or moral judgments or value judgments. Science is not in and of itself moral. People are, but science is it's not. The que- science is the quest of knowledge, and maybe that isn't moral sometimes. Right. Yeah. And my point is, is like just because you took, you know, quote um, Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, you, you were so preoccupied you whether, can. yeah, whether or not you could, you didn't stop to think if you should. Right. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. so that's why ethics that's, is always important. And maybe that's the whole point of this show, right it there. Is. Yeah, a yep. lot yeah. of it. This and loneliness and trauma, all of those elements are interweaved. So, well, yeah. it's how those things can blind you to being more wise. Well, yeah, look at Okabe, you know, like we've said, he is willing to do all of these. And you'll see all of these things for his friends because, you know, he, he is a good guy and wants to help them. But he's not thinking about the bigger picture and the consequences it's going to have in the end. Yeah. And he, that's what we'll get to see. And it's exactly like, yeah, Jeff Goldblum, of course, had the. The wisest words. Daddy Jeff. <laughs> I, I mean, I love that quote, though. Because it's, no, it's seriously, it, like, it rounds up this show in a, like, a... It really does. Yeah. Like, if you had to describe this show in one sentence... In one sentence? That's it. That would be it. That would be it. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Yep, it would. And that would be, and you'd be like... Somebody said that, and you're like, "If I have to tell you in one sentence, yeah," and, and you and you say that, and they'd be like, "Oh Jesus!" <laughs> well, and one thing I've told people too of how I've described this show is it's a mix of Somewhere in Time meets Back to the Future, where you've got the funny, whimsical nature on the surface. You got that Back to the Future uh, like zany mm-hmm. veneer, right? But then, uh, so I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's a movie with Christopher Reeve and Jane Seymour called Somewhere in Time where he goes back in time to find his love and at the end of the day accidentally gets sent back into the present and can never go back to her. And so he dies of a broken heart. Mm-hmm. So he's separated by, you know, decades and decades. from Literal the lo- decades, yeah. I from say the it's wo- like 50, 60 <clears throat> years. From the woman he loves. And so take that and then back to the future, slap them together, and you've got this show. Yep. Interesting. Yes, very Great. much so. I, I, I will say, I mean, you want to watch a romance movie with Christopher Reeve? I don't know, but it's a good one. It's amazing, honestly. Sean loves it, too. Me and him have talked about the, it. He couldn't believe I'd actually seen it. What's it called again? It's Somewhere called Somewhere in Time. In time. Okay. It, I want to say it came out in the 80s, but yeah, it's Christopher Reeve's, you know, Superman and uh, Jane Seymour, and it, it's on. It's an excellent movie. It really is. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's a sad fucking ending. Dude. It really Ooh. is, dude. It, ju- it just crushes you. Like, it's not happy These time at all. movies always end up like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's always some kind of overarching, you know. It's the butterfly I'd say the only time, to... I'd say the one sliding doors that I told you about, that's the only one that it doesn't end sad, but it's very open though um, it shows you the bad shit that can happen it does it very much does it shows you her her two different timelines and how her life is so drastically different in both but then there's there's a certain person though that she ends up converging with in her original timeline by the end of it that makes you go oh her real life could actually turn out much happier than her other what if timeline kind of like the movie click yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's another one that, but that's like just jumping too much and missing your life. 
Oh well, yeah, but that, he also, a, that is a fucking sad movie, though. Yeah, like the decisions he makes with his career and shit, you know, and how they impact like how mm-hmm. shitty that future is for him. Yeah, and I guess if there is something that we can all learn from all, because all these movies seemed uh, to be hitting the same thing, which is we really should um, just in, tr- live in the moment. Live in the moment, but treat your decisions with gra- the gravity they deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because like you, understand that your decisions have consequences, and that right, they're not I mean, always going to be good ones. I, well, I mean, you think about it. I mean, it could be something like. Oh, I, you know, I don't want to like cigarettes or something like that in the, in the short term, you're like, Oh, Hey, it's not a big deal. It's, you know, it's a nice little buzz and all that. But if you do it for 40 years, what happens, right? It does come, it does catch up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of things in life like that. Your little habits that you have even now, um, <coughs> they have big consequences later in your life. Mm-hmm. So it's a good cautionary thing in a sense. Sweet. True. Yeah. So are you going to join us on the next one? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Hell yeah. Well, I think this is a good place, and that's a good spot to end it as any. Yes, thank yeah. you for listening, yeah. all, y- all you readers of Steiner, you know? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me on and uh, for listening to me drone on. Yep. We'll see you next week, then, and uh, send us off. And- all righty, guys. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, as Chelsea said, read Steiner. Check out our YouTube. That's where the main show is actually live and recorded. We put the videos up there. And make sure you check out thecomiczone.com for previous episodes of the main show in Dragon D's Balls. And it's been a pleasure as always, guys. Thank you so much. And, um, yeah, this has been a good episode.